0: Well, Dave, I'd like to thank you for uh, for not putting a picture up this morning. That's that's great. They are the worst. Um, but uh, we just uh, I want I want us to just meditate for a second on and think about that last song, and um, I think that that really will just guide this sermon this morning and and just be uh have that in, in the background of your mind as we move forward and let's open up in a word of prayer dear lord the um the responsibility of preaching your word is is overwhelming lord it's 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 a big big task and lord I just pray that you'll speak through me and that I am not here, but it's all you, and uh, that uh, I'm just your vessel. And uh, Lord, I just pray that you speak to us all and and just uh, that we all just are, have clear minds and hearts and that we're just pliable and willing to listen and learn. And Lord, it's just, uh, it's wonderful to be here, it's wonderful to to, to learn and to worship and sing praises to you. And Lord, we just pray that that carries with us every day of our lives. And Lord, uh, I just pray a uh, thank you for you being so wonderful and awesome. Amen. Okay. So if you want to flip to Colossians 2, I, uh, I moved back two verses. So I'm going to start at 11. Uh, so we're going to go through 11 to 23. Together with him, having forgiven us all our trespasses, by cancelling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands. This he set aside, nailing it to the cross. He disarmed the rulers and authorities and put them to open shame by triumphing, triumphing over them in him. Let no one pass judgment on you in questions of food or drink or with regards to a festival or a new moon or a Sabbath. These are a shadow of things to come, but the substance belongs to Christ. Let no one disqualify you insisting on ascensionism and the worship of angels going on in detail about visions puffed up without reason by his sensuous mind and not holding fast to the head from whom the whole body nourished and knit together through its joints and ligaments, grows with a growth that is from God. That is, with Christ you died to the elemental spirits of the world. Why is it as if you were still alive in the world do you submit to regulations? Do not handle, do not taste, do not touch, referring to things that all perish as they are used according to human precepts and teachings. These have indeed an appearance of wisdom in promoting self-made religion and I can't say that word, I'm sorry, And, uh, and severity to the body, and they are no value in stopping the indulgence of the flesh. There's two themes this morning that I want to focus on. Number one is exalt Christ in everything. So keep that in mind as we move this forward, forward this morning. The second is is doctrine, true doctrine, protecting the church. And as we go through this morning, I hope that uh, that we can see the importance of both those items. The bottom line to church leaders is correct doctrine is the building blocks to a healthy church. I believe that's what you start placing on top of the cornerstones to build your solid foundation. Doctrine is scriptural teaching on theological truths. If you look at 2 Timothy 3.16-17, to 17, it says all scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction and for the training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. Now there, there's a key theme in all my studies that I noticed, and that is the Bible does not encourage and say to, to believers, Go find you know a, a doctrine, choose one of the many doctrines. That's not what it says. It says Find sound doctrine, correct doctrine. The letters, including Colossians, strongly in, uh, instructs us not to teach any different doctrines. Now, the letters, our temptations, go contradict each other. Our temptations are: well, let's you know, let's look here and let's talk to these people and come see what they believe and do this and read these books and that books, and come up with doctrine. Caution. Don't, that's, that's not where we want to go to find true doctrine. And let's see what Ephesians 4, 11 and 14 says. And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, the teachers, to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ. So that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning and craftiness in deceitful schemes. That's a big warning there. That we can corporately together, or if we look outside the walls and we get different things that we see in the world, and we allow that to affect our position on doctrine and how we piece it all together, there's a lot of danger in that. And I like the words in this. Human cunning and craftiness in deceitful schemes. Intentional or not intentional, they both exist. Caution, be careful. They, it's out there and we as a church and as a body of believers need to protect ourselves, our families and our church. First, Timothy three, uh, 1 Timothy 1, 3-11 I'm sorry, there's a lot of scripture this morning, but it's all profitable. As I urge you, and I put this in, he's speaking to Timothy, when I was going to Macedonia, remain at Ephesus so that I may charge certain persons not to teach any different doctrines nor devote themselves to myths and endless genealogies which promote speculation rather than the stewardship from God that is by faith. The aim of our... charge is love that uh, that issues from a pure heart and a good conscience and a sincere faith certain persons by swerving from these have wandered away into vain discussions desiring to be teachers of the law without understanding either what they are saying or the things about which they make confident assertions now this is important for later now we know that the law is good if it is used lawfully understanding this, that the law is not laid down uh, for the just, but the lawless and disobedient, for the ungodly and sinners, for the unholy and profane, for those who strike their mothers, their fathers, for murderers, the sexually immoral men and who practice homosexuality, enslavers, liars, perjurers, and whatever else is contrary to sound doctrine. It accordance with the Gospels of the glory of the blessed God with which I have been entrusted. Now, in every conversation as believers we have, we have to understand and realize that we are, we are in a guiding position. That we, when we say things and other people are listening to them, that affects them. That's the goal, isn't it, when we speak, that we want people to hear what we're saying. We want them to take it with them and, and go with it. So we have to be extremely cautious and, and um, hold on to that sound doctrine. Now, um, you know, you, it could be a, a conversation at Tim Hortons. It could be a, a preaching as it's happening right now. It could be uh, making decisions at leadership meetings. It could be anything. We have to be very true to holding on to sound true doctrine. And see, the thing is that when we do this guiding, when we we are guiding people either to growth that leads people to the truth, or we're leading them to half truths that lead to lukewarmness, kind of fence sitting. Uh, as uh, Matthew 13, 3-9 kind of says that when he's talking about the seed, we, if we lead them to that lukewarm place, we're leading them to uh, where the, it roots up but gets scorched by the sun. We could be leading them to a place where we, when we're speaking to them or we're, uh, instructing them, we're leading to the place where they just drift away. And that would be the seed that gets withered by the sun. Or worse, we get to the place where the people never come to faith because it just doesn't add up and the doctrine is not correct and it's like seed landing on the rocks that never had a chance. The doctrine is key. If and when different opinions of doctrine come up as a church, as individuals, we shouldn't shy away from it. We should say, okay, This is now a time to commit to study. This is a time to commit to to seeking out God, to seeking out everything that that He is saying and He alone is saying. And not study with intentions of finding points to prove our positions, but finding truth. The, The battle is always for truth. And not against each other, by the way. So unhealthy doctrine leads people away from Christ. Um, we live in a world where definitions are moving so fast and changing. And and uh, what was completely unacceptable behavior yesterday is completely acceptable behavior today in the world, anyhow. And um, this is... Uh, This increases our problems in the church, big time. And when the doctrine gets altered to adjust to those things, that's very scary, shaky ground, obviously. And we need to be constantly protecting against that. Now, in the verses we have, the Church of Colossae, they were dealing with the legalism, the mysticism, and the asechotism, if sorry, for butchering that again, but uh it's that was their issues, and we're gonna cover that a little bit today, but I want us to really keep in the back of our mind the issues we're dealt with that we have today. And um, you know, there's there's different issues out there that we can spend a year on sermon series just covering individual topics of these issues that we're dealing with today. But uh, first of all, I'd like to cover today from the Colossian standpoint and our own, uh, legalism, and what I like to call hyper-legalism of the es- sectism, uh, which is like a self-denial. Um, and w- the, um, you know, the, the list of do's and don'ts and you know, drink this, don't eat that," uh, and the festivals and the customs was so overwhelming for the people of that time. And if you look at, uh, if you want to just jot this down if you want, uh, if you look through Leviticus 11, Leviticus 23 and Numbers 28, you'll see that, that the legalism was heavy. Very, very, very heavy. Uh, and the um, and this is exactly why we should be so excited about verses 11 through 17 of the of the verse I'm covering today in Colossians. as it says, In him also you were circumcised with a circumcision made without hands by putting off the body of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ, having been buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised with him through faith in the powerful working of God, who raised him from the dead, and you, this is the exciting part, were dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh. God made you alive together with him, having forgiven all our trespasses by cancelling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands. He has set this aside, nailing it to the cross. He has disarmed the rulers and authorities and put them to open shame by triumphing over them. Therefore, let no one pass judgment on you in questions of food or drink or in regards with festivals or new moon or Sabbath. These are a shadow of things to come, but this is my own words, hallelujah, the substance belongs to Christ. So what is legalism? It's suffocating things that you do to make yourself worthy and honorable to God. Do we need to serve God earnestly and wholeheartedly and do things for him? Absolutely. That's called the fruit of the spirit. That's the fruit of our works. That shows that Christ exists in you. But that's the proof. That's not the ladder to climb to get there. And that's the difference. And the believing in the the legalism of any form, it just leads you away from Christ. It leads you away from just being so thankful for His sacrifice, for Him coming, for what He's done. And the, uh, some of these things appear to hold wisdom. They appear to be good. But anything that draws you away from Christ can't be good. And, the um we all know that there's decisions and stuff in life that we must make that are we we know by reading the word what is good for us and god loves us so he gave us instructions he gave us laws and rules not to suffocate us but to protect us to just show us how much he loves us and that he can that he thinks of everything and that when we follow his rules it's not to suffocate us it's to actually take care of his people in all ways and when he talks about um, any of the sins or any uh, yeah, like the, I don't want to get too deep on that or bunny trails but there's we just know that it's for our own good it's because we have a loving God And um, we need to take his guidance very seriously. And it will grow us individually, and it will grow us corporately as well. Today our churches still battle mysticism as well. Um, In forms of false visions, prophecy, uh, and statements like, The Lord spoke to me. Uh, there was the movement about 20 years ago, the gold dust movement. That was a winner. That was that uh, was amazing. But uh, and the the gold fillings, uh, you know, in Toronto and other places. I'm sure there was a, there's a lot of mysticism. Now those are very obvious ones, but there's ones that aren't so obvious. And uh, if we look at what truly mysticism. Is referring to and meaning. It's when you put personal experience and say that it is authoritative along with the Bible. Did you catch that? That's a scary one. Very scary. That when and I've had this happen. I've talked to people and they come to me and they say, Oh well God spoke to me and he said this, and he said this, and they have this attitude of actually being equal to the Scriptures, equal to God, that they've been given special insight, and that they have a a higher understanding now. Um, Caution flags, you know, big time. Now, the key here is, the, if we're looking at these situations, whether it's the legalism, whether it's the mysticism, whether it's anything, we have to ask ourselves, first for the mysticism, what are the fruits of the individual saying these things? Paul had visions. If you look it up in uh, Corinthians 2, uh, 2 Corinthians 12, he referred that he had visions, you know. But there was fruit, there was legit legitimacy there in it, and it's when you have uh, these uh, these claims and these different things that when you look at the person and there's the fruit's not there, the uh, the lifestyle doesn't match. God is is not radiating from this person. Be very cautious on both sides. You know, and uh, we have to be careful not to quickly, completely dismiss what they're saying. Maybe they've misworded it, maybe they misrepresented it, but, but maybe that's a scary person to the church. And that is on us to identify that. Now, if we identify these, these issues that exist, legalism, mysticism, the goal is to bring this person to truth. Correct? The goal is to bring them truly to Christ. For some people, they're just not interested. They do these things because they want to promote themselves. They want to feel good. They want... They want to elevate themselves so I remember at the beginning of the sermon I said one of the key themes is exalting Christ. this is where it comes in if you're doing legalistic things you're not exalting christ you're exalting yourself if you're doing mysticism to be holier than thou and a better a special type of person who's better than the next person, and you're elevating yourself towards Christ, that's all about you or that person. We need to exalt Christ in every aspect of our lives. And that is the call. God has done it all. He sent His Son, paid the price, and we need to just live in that, in that truth and carry with that every day and and uh and guard and protect his church that he has set up through his people now I know, um, I know. I mentioned this last sermon, um, but it just—it just fits uh, again today. So, but it's the—the um, the question still remains of the overarching theme of the of the passage is okay. We know there's legalism. We know there's mysticism. We know there's this self-denial. Okay, and that all leads back to solid doctrine. To, to know how to protect and how to, how to identify it, and that 's the key good doctrine identifies these problems quickly when you know it and the um, so how do we get to this true and solid doctrine? How do we know with assurance that we 've two thousand years removed from Christ that what we are Following and what we're believing is the correct doctrine. When this was written, in roughly around, I think, this is off memory, but 63 AD, I believe this letter was written. That's a lot of years ago. And back then, they had doctrinal problems in the church. Paul worked hard on correcting the doctrinal issues in the church. I don't think that issue just suddenly vanished and went away. It's still equally important to be on guard and protect true doctrine. Now, to do that, I I honestly, earnestly believe that the only way to do that with this book here, the Bible. Nothing else, nothing extra-biblical that is used to guide us. There's extra-biblical stuff that has its purpose, its uses. But in terms of getting that core, it has to come from the Bible. And it has to come without preconceived things in our minds and our hearts before we read it. And, if you can just bear with me for a second, I want you to kind of imagine that you can just put yourself in a void or a vacuum where nothing else exists at all. And that the only thing you have is the Word of God. Now, When we read it, we we have nothing else. The pre, like I said, this pre-existing thoughts are gone. We have no um, everything is completely clear. We have no justifications in our hearts. We're not bringing uh, going into this situation trying to answer our personal questions and justify anything. We're just there in a vacuum where nothing else exists except for the Word of God. And then we read. I believe what happens if we're able to do that. I understand it's a massive challenge to put everything else aside that we've ever been taught. I understand that. But I think that's where we get the truth. So then we read, we allow God to speak, penetrate our hearts. And then what happens? We exalt God. We see God, we understand and then we apply. When we do this in the truest fashion, we see the truth. Like, I know this is hard, but isn't the truth worth it? Anything that comes into our circumstances that is not sound doctrine, at this point, will pop right forward. Be able to identify it. So, in my mind, it all starts at creation. Then it moves forward to the patriarchs, the prophets, God's chosen people, the birth of Christ, the life of Christ, the disciples, the teachings of Christ, the death of Christ, the resurrection of Christ, the call of the apostles, the creation of the church to you and me and all the meat in between. And... When we, when we get that, God is exalted. We are put in our rightful place. And hopefully the church grows. We grow individually. So obviously, as I said, poor doctrine affects your growth as a Christian. In the... Uh, in the letters to the churches, Paul knew that. That's why he was writing it to basically every church he ever wrote to. He wrote, protect yourself, protect the doctrine. So the question is, today can we identify the issues that we have that are getting in the way? Are we happy to do so? Are we... uh, Are we just committed to it? And the uh, we have to know that we don't have all the answers, but this book does. The Bible does. Lean on it. Um, The people of Colossae were caught in the traditions and the festivals, the judgments, and the mystical teachings. Even with the best intentions, these all pull you away from God. So if we were still meant to observe all of these festivals and legalism rules, Christ would have never had to come. If that was the goal, if that was the intention, Christ was not necessary. But He was necessary. And I'm glad it was not enough. Because hallelujah, God has spoken, Christ has come, exalt Him, because He is enough. I'd like to call the praise team forward. Dear Lord, all we are is Yours. Lord, we just thank You for You sending Your Son to doing it all for us so that we can root firmly in Him and love Him and love You and develop and produce Your fruits and show the world how much we love You and honor You and exalt You. Lord, we just pray, Lord, that You will uh, uh, move forward with us and help us uh, to always dig deeper into Your Word, dig deeper into You, and just hide in You. And Lord, we just thank You that You are so willing uh, for us to do that with you, and Lord, just uh, we love you, and we thank you. Amen. Amen.